Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. We've got a number of factors coming together today to influence our topic. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And in looking at the calendar, we would expect that we would be really in the midst of the peak real estate season right about now. Um, Since we are also living through the COVID pandemic, the real estate market, like many others, is being impacted in a variety of ways. We'll hear today if that has been positive or negative. I'll be joined by Lavelle Law Attorney and, and shareholder Kelly Anderson um, Kelly leads the real estate law practice group at Lavelle Law and takes some time to join us periodically, and glad to have her today. So, Kelly, it's been a while. Good afternoon. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jim. Good to talk to you again. I, I mentioned briefly to you a minute ago that um, you know I do some work with a local real estate agent, and he shared some interesting news about the market in the midst of this pandemic. Um, what, what has your experience been in the last few months regarding the level of real estate activity? Yeah, you know, it's been surprisingly busy. I think May, which is historically a really big month for us, was a little slower than normal. But since then, June was big. This month is crazy. It has only picked up, um, and, and I can barely keep up. I'm lucky I remembered to call you for the <laughs> podcast today, frankly. <laughs> I can't well, really I'm, I'm glad up. I've got you for – yeah, it's great to have yeah. you for a few minutes. Now, talk, talk about the way that um, – you've sort of conducted business, uh, you know, is the way that the real estate market in general work, has that changed in recent months? Yeah, more so with closings. Um, I mean, I think, you know, real estate agents would tell you things have changed, you know, a lot on their end as well, but closings mm-hmm. themselves are very different now just because so much is being done remotely. Um, and that's, you know, we're seeing that in every aspect of our lives right now. Um, lots of things being done virtually, although there are documents in closings that have to be wet signatures, so they can't be done virtually. It has to be um, original signatures, and you have to actually be present to do it with a notary. Okay. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the closing, and that's obviously key to these transactions, and usually you've got a room full of people, and including the buyers who want to see all this happen and lots of paper. So, uh, you know, how are you approaching that differently now? Some things still need to be done. Is it a little different grouping? Is it handled something yeah. in advance? Or what's the change? And it really, I try to see how my clients feel about it. In when I'm representing sellers, Sellers never attend closings anymore because mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. have them pre-signed documents. But with a, when I'm representing buyers, I always tell them, you know, this is whatever you're most comfortable with, and, and title companies are helping to facilitate that too. So if my clients um, want to do a curbside closing, they can do that, and I will talk them through the documents over the phone if necessary. I've had most clients have been comfortable attending and wearing masks and we sort of stay as distant as possible in the closing room. Um, but it is only buyers and their attorneys that can attend the closings right now. Now, a couple of months ago, and this may be what you alluded to here, I, I think Illinois passed some legislation to allow some, some legal documents to be signed electronically. I think your peers in estate planning are experiencing Correct. that change. 
any of that impacting you, or as you mentioned, does everything still need to be done in person? We, yeah, when I'm representing sellers, we can do remote notarization for some of the big documents like the deed um, and anything else like powers of attorney that need to be done. We can do remote notarization, but lenders um, need wet signatures in those documents. I haven't had a remote closing like that or remote where they're not even at the title company because the title company actually has to um, you know, send the documents after they've been signed to the lender. So typically buyers are at the closing. Okay. And and explain to me a little bit, you, you referred to what I might call kind of a, a drive-by type signing. Um, is that uh, something that's that's happening more frequently, and, and how does that work from your perspective? It, yeah, it did in the um, first month where everything was sort of shut down. I had a lot of clients who were not comfortable going into the title company, and understandably so. And what would happen is um, they would sit in their car. The closer would bring documents out to them, stay you know, uh, close enough that they could see them signing mm-hmm. them because they were the ones notarizing them, but they would allow them to sign the documents in their car. And if um, my clients needed me to, I could talk them through the documents over the phone, although some lenders have been getting documents to me in advance so that I can call my clients the night before the closing and walk them through the documents. So sometimes that makes things um, a lot smoother if the lender can get them to me the day before. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the documents as well because um, I think any of us who've, who've been through a closing are just sometimes overwhelmed by the sheets of paper <laughs> that are flying around the room. Um, it's been a while for me. First of all, is that still the case? Has any of that been reduced, or is it still a, kind of a, a heavy volume event in terms of paperwork? Yeah, you know, if there's a loan involved, that's really where the bulk of the documents lie. It is loan documents, and, um, you know, we can talk more about it, but lenders require a lot of things to be signed and a lot of things you've probably read before throughout the application process, but they mm-hmm. have to be signed at the closing table. There are a few lenders that are doing um, sort of fast closings, which they will allow the buyers to sign some documents um, virtually or docu-sign them before the closing, but the important documents like the mortgage and the note um, uh, would have to be signed at the actual closing table. But yes, there's there's a bunch of documents. That hasn't changed. It definitely <laughs> hasn't changed. <laughs> We're- we're talking with Lavelle Law Attorney Kelly Anderson um, today on Chicago's Legal Action. Now, Kelly, Kelly's helped uh, build a very robust and outstanding, uh, well-known real estate practice group at Lavelle Law. She's a shareholder in the firm and uh, stops by here from time to time. She also produces a, a steady stream of very informative articles. You can find those at LavelleLaw.com anytime, uh, as long as, uh, or as well as information about her background and the rest of the team over there. Um, and, and Kelly, you, you mentioned the lender, um, obviously critical to this transaction. Um, tell me a little bit more about how they're operating these days. Uh, that's First of all, I, I know the transition has been a lot of people shop online now. They kind of look around for rates mm-hmm. and do things electronically. But um, what, what's the overall impact and change been in the last six months to what lenders are doing and how you have to interact with them? Yeah, I mean, in in good news for buyers, rates are incredibly low if you've got good credit. Um, But some lenders, because of what's going on, have raised minimum credit scores, some down payment requirements. There are some lenders that are requiring 20%, whereas before you had to put down, you you wouldn't have to put down more than 5%. 
Um, the guidelines really vary depending on the lender, but that's something to be aware of when you're looking around. They're all going to have sort of different standards, um, but obviously they're concerned with um, borrowers' job status. <laughs> um, you know, uh-huh. this, there's furloughs and layoffs happening, and that can completely change a mortgage approval. And because of the uncertainty, lenders are, you know, continually verifying employment right before the closing to make sure that nothing has changed and that they still have employment. Um, so, and, and, and one other hurdle in that for lenders, and especially, you know, in busy season that we're in, is timing. Um, and, you know, if they're trying to contact an employer to verify employment, um, there may not be that person there in the human resources department to verify the employment when they need it done. Um, so things are moving really fast, and if you're a borrower, it might be wise to contact your employer and let them know this call is going to be coming in so that they actually talk with the lender and get it done or verify the employment. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of people that aren't working right now, and lenders, I think, are also short-staffed. So sometimes that can be very frustrating for borrowers because they're um, you know, not getting things done as quickly as they'd like. Well, it's, it's certainly great advice, and, and you, I want to go back and kind of scribble in notes here, and, and you mentioned sure. you know, being able to maybe talk through documents, you know, the day before the closing with a client. Um, you, uh, of course, have had to work from home a little bit more and change the way you do things. What about the due diligence, the research you and your team do to help uh, your client in a, in a real estate tra- transaction? Uh, how has that impacted, and what changes have you made to uh, assist in that process? I mean, it's it's really the same as it as it was before. It's you know we just review the contract, we get online, and and there's nothing that has changed that I can't you know that I can't do at home. Um, but checking you know taxes on the property to make sure that the tax prorations in the contract make sense, um, you know, and I just advise my clients to get their inspection done, and, and you know that's something they have to coordinate with sellers, and obviously. By the time they are scheduling inspection, they've got a seller who's obviously willing to let them in the house, which was, you know, questionable, at least at the beginning of uh-huh. this um, pandemic. Um, but they've got to get their inspection done. And then we, you know, as soon as they send the inspection report, we go through that with them. And, um, you know, we ask for whatever, um, you know, needs to be asked for in terms of inspection requests and um, negotiate it. And it's, it's really no different. It's been surprisingly seamless. It took a little bit for me personally to adjust to working from home, but it's not like um, access to anything has really changed. And um, when you mentioned just employment verification and and things like that that are, you know, job status being impacted, are are those the main concerns that uh, people buying or selling homes should be aware of now, or are there any, any other circumstances that might be a little problematic that they should be very cautious about? No, I mean, I think those are the big ones. Um, I mean, obviously, I think any borrower, if, if uh, they're, you know, or any lender really is going to be concerned with employment status. So um, that's something borrowers or buyers need to be sort of on top of and make sure that they have provided their lender with some, uh, some confirmation that they still have, you know, employment that's not going away anytime soon. And also, you know, there may be some, you know, um, sellers out there who are hesitant to let them in the home, especially if they have small children. I think um, a lot of people are concerned with, you know, people coming in with their whole family to walk through their home. So um, I, I'm guessing agents are probably encouraging um, families 
to just come in with husband and wife or one, you know, just one of them um, to do the walkthroughs um, or, or even the initial viewings of the place. Um, so I, I just think there are going to be some sellers who are going to feel differently than others about letting people come into their home. And that's just something you just need to tread carefully and, and be aware of. And, um, you know, there's just so, so much experience you bring to the conversation. You've been, been doing this for a number of years and built a great practice. Um, COVID aside, um, just in general, uh, I always like to ask, you know, about some of the, the key things that, that you would, you know, like to make sure clients understand when they enter a real estate transaction. I mean, what, what are some of the, you know, top one or two, three things that everyone should be aware of and be prepared for to make sure things go smoothly that, that you can assist with um, to, to make everything come together? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody needs to know that there are dates um, in the contract that they need to stay on top of them. And one of them is getting the inspection done quickly um, and getting um, requests to the seller with any inspection requests that they want quickly. And that has to be done in the first five business days after the seller accepts your contract. Um, also they need to, if they're getting financing, get their lender everything as quickly as possible. Lenders are taking on average 30 to 45 days and in busy season, I mean, it is, you know, even more important to get things to them quickly because they are inundated right now with files. So get, um, you know, it, it's going to seem tedious and it's going to seem like overkill, but just get them what they ask for as quickly as you can and be organized. <laughs> just stay on top of it. Yeah. And then uh, just before I let you go, I, you know, I've envisioned home buyers and sellers in this conversation. I know you also handle some commercial real estate. Any mm-hmm. significant factors different there or just the same things we've talked about on, on maybe a bigger scale? Yeah. Um, well, you know, certainly with commercial deals, I um, with commercial leases, which is something I've been looking at quite a bit lately because obviously, you know, there are some people who aren't able to make their rent payments right now. Um, is getting into any new lease some language that might protect them in the event of something like this. There are sort of standard force majeure clauses that people put into leases, um, but those typically have not covered this sort of situation. So trying to get language in there um, to address something like this, because now that we know this can happen, (laughs) we need to prepare for it. And um, in the event it happens again. So, something um that's something i'm dealing with in in commercial transactions a little bit more excellent well uh kelly anderson thanks so much for taking time today always a pleasure to speak with you i know you're busy we'll let you get back to that and uh, let me point everyone over to lavellelaw.com to get more information about uh, the real estate practice group and 847-705-7555 is the number all thanks everyone for listening thanks kelly for being here we'll look forward to talking with you all again soon thanks